the DNS podcast. DNS podcast. Had a break at some point, you know that. Nah, you'll be alright. It's fucking not. <laughs> yeah, it's you'll not, be alright. It's man. not adult size. Yeah, I think there's I one, I one. sixty rain on that. It's not one sixty. In which case, you're one fat fuck. Because <laughs> honestly, it's quite a lot of it. Yeah, well, I'm one sixty, and I used to have one of those chairs. What have you got? Have you got the same one? Or? No, I, I brought. Uh, remember the one I took home during lockdown? Yeah, I brought that back. Yeah, you so, got a good seat. Well, going through. Oh yeah. Mr. Reynolds is saying that one. It went straight to the floor. No shit. Uh, I, think, I think they're a 90 kilo huh? rating on there. That's just literally one <laughs> leg of this. Yeah. Right? Even you can't expect Shrek to sit on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that I one's... I, when I, is it the, it's the other ones that are the worst. The yeah, they're ones. the better ones. The other ones are um, the Bunnings. Oh, they are Bunnings, but I think they're the, they're the more expensive one. Um, they've got a little bit more integrity in the legs. The other ones just, they're like pancakes. The seat just goes like that. Fold like Superman on laundry day. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful on those ones. I sit down very attentively. So I remember going years ago, <laughs> taking the missus to certain so lay out a date, and um, we were like second row back, but there were chairs like that. And about an hour into it, I've leant back and the face is gone. So I spent an hour, like the second hour of the show, just sat like this. You're like yourself. <laughs> I made. I put all my way through the front two feet and prayed that they didn't go. <laughs> what happened to the old plastic school chairs? Remember them? The old. Did we have? Did you have plastic yeah. school chairs over here? The, the grey ones. Yeah, you used to just lean back on them. They used to flex. Right. Stop rocking on your fucking chair. That was you, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I didn't <laughs> tell. That wasn't me. Take I didn't the guy out of your mouth. I didn't trust them. <laughs> I never trusted them. But yeah, if you farted on those, you fucking it rattled through the, through the fucking <laughs> classroom because it's hard. <laughs> it was a proper. Have we started recording? Yeah. yeah okay. That's all right. <laughs> you just go for gold, mate. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking fart. Straight through it. Uh, all right. So first thing I want to chat to you about today, Mike. Uh-oh. Only because I saw a post about it, and we were talking about it the other day too. So it's come up. Do you see um, the weightlifter Maddie, the US weightlifter Maddie Cakes? Uh, Maddie Rogers. Maddie Rogers. Yeah. Her post on weightlifting etiquette in the gym. I do not follow. No. I don't follow her. Sorry, not it. So. <laughs> uh, I don't follow her. But no, what was so she saying? She was saying um, basic, you know, gym etiquette. <laughs> and you and I had this sim- similar conversation the other day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she was saying like, don't walk in front of someone when they're lifting. Yeah. Uh, be cautious of the platform. Yeah. Uh, being quiet. Like it was like real old school weightlifting. Yeah. Um, what do you call it? What's the word I'm looking for? Um, standards? Yeah, that, that'll do. Old edit, just old weightlifting etiquette, basically. Did he get a lot of traction in the post? Yeah, fucking went everywhere. <laughs> um, and what was the general consensus around it? Was people. And everyone that was weightlift, the weightless uh, backed it like 100%. Yeah. And then there were like just general gym goers who were like. Get the fuck up with it? Yeah. Okay. So. But... You go first, sir. <laughs> As a weightlifter. I mean, I don't know. There's got to be a sort of a middle ground. If somebody's fucking doing handstands and, and flailing around like a clown in front of you, it's, it's going to put you off. Um, but you've got to have some sort of level of resiliency to you. Um, you've got to be, you can't be so precious that you can't carry out a lift because someone's in front of you. We've all been in Walmart rooms, <coughs> powerlifting, weightlifting, where it's condensed. 
it's um, you know there's people bouncing around everywhere and you've got to be able to perform your best in these you know shitty situations yeah um, but yeah within good reason like I don't think there's any reason to be so precious you know that you, you can't train probably because someone's in front of you um, if somebody's all the other things she said people walking across the platform uh, if I'm I have to find the post to, to get like the exact details. But it yeah, was, yeah, I mean, if someone's if if you're about to execute, uh, you know, a lift, something as technical as a snatch of the clean. You know, I think her point was that people walking in front. If she misses this lift, the barbell tends like with weightlifting, the barbell tends to shoot out. Yeah, from so from a safety standpoint, I can understand that. But yeah. yeah, you've got to be comfortable doing it either way. You can't have the perfect scenario every time you train mm-hmm. um, because I think that's bad practice. Uh, especially if you're a competitive lifter. I understand at Olympics, at her level, yeah. she, she goes to the Olympics, Olympics, national championships, um, all those things can be put into place, local level competitions. That's what we say to the guys downstairs, get used to using different bars, different plates. Different uh, platforms. Different platforms, because when you go to, when you go to a warm-up room at a competition, you're gonna get fucking put off because um, you shit get nine times out of ten you're sharing a bar with somebody who's slightly shorter or slightly taller than you um, they haven't got the same sort of style plate loading as you so we turn around the wrong way and that can trigger some people um, so yeah I suppose how do I sum that up uh, get used to being slightly uncomfortable um, and don't be too precious yeah so let's start the bottom of the food chain has made it easier for the newer people that don't feel uncomfortable, right? Yeah. So people that come to a, let's call them strength and conditioning gyms, that's what they're now called. Yeah. You know, they're gyms, but they're strength and conditioning gyms, right? So, you know, here and anywhere there's non-commercial arts. Yeah. <clears throat> I wouldn't go as far as say people need to be as precious, but certainly it needs to be explained to people that haven't been to a gym before. There's some responsibility back on the coaches and the owner of the gym to tell people. Yeah. So I've had encounters with you know younger lifters who've just started. They generally don't know, but no one's actually told them. But if you told them, they're respectful of the fact that they wouldn't do it again. Mm-hmm. So to me, it all starts from teaching them when they come in, at whatever age. Well, this is how it works. So anyone standing in front of people lifting. So I, when I squat, I face the wall deliberately for a reason. I don't want to use any excuse. Yeah. Now when you're in a combat, I've got to deal with that. But nine times out of ten, when you get into a certain standard of competition, we don't get that problem in the warm-up rooms. Mm-hmm. I don't get that problem with, you know, crowds and audiences, people at the front generally do know. You know, um, strongman's completely different at all. That's just a circus. Yeah. Right? Nobody is a flying fuck about the strongman guys <laughs> when it comes to warming up for comps. They go, we're gonna do a 4,000 kilo yoke. Here's 20 kilo bar, go warm up with that. And all of a sudden you've got 10 minutes, you know? So those guys are like unique. They're just used to it now going, do you know what? We'll just do whatever we can to yeah, get there. Yeah. Nobody cares. But obviously powerlifting wise, yeah. Been to a lot of high level comps and, and, and guys and girls there, yeah, most of them are quite respectful. But I think people's dig about it, when you look at who's doing it, they don't know. Yeah. They generally if you sat actually sat down and said, Look, you just gotta be careful now, you're not a competitive lifter, you haven't got that level yet. But you know, the certain etiquette, if someone's lifting, just wait or walk a little bit further away, not to be in their direct routes. It's a standard thing for most of us. People that are squatting, deadlifting, and weightlifting, how you set up now, in theory, is fucking terrible. Yeah. Right? But it works though. It's not a bad criticism. It's just like, when you look at it, 
someone's squatting, someone's deadlifting, someone's gonna look at my fat ass when I'm deadlifting. Yeah. When they're squatting, right? And then someone's looking at me while they're weightlifting. So inadvertently, you, you you know, you try and work it so you go one at a time. Exactly, and then it, it demands people to work as a team. Hundred percent. So it's like we had, so instead of sat people sat down with their nose in their phone, they're actually aware of what they're doing and what you're Let's come on to the phone view the picture. But being aware of your surroundings, work together. Like, like today, when, we, when everyone trained downstairs, it was a small group of us. You know, somebody, if I was doing my work, whatever, you know, we everyone was sort of watching what was going on, yeah. being aware of your surroundings, right? That's yeah. what it comes down to. But I do believe that starts at the top of the food chain with the people that introduce them to the gym. Yeah. You know, with the owners and the coaches. Absolutely. You know, it, it doesn't need, it's not, not designed to make a, an issue about it, it's yeah. just making it more mindful. Because a lot of people that have come from a commercial gym deliberately to get better or change. They don't know. They're not any different. And yeah. people have never been to one of these gyms, you know, you're kind of stood in the way. And it's uncomfortable, because I don't believe we have any massive rude people here, but at the time when you're focusing, if I've done it inadvertently to somebody, it is literally because I'm paying attention to what I'm doing. That's a mistake on my behalf. You know, but people that are uh, kind of wandering around aimlessly, you kind of go, look, this is a gym we're here to work out, not to fuck around. Yeah, you know, but you can't enforce that. It's not natural military camp, you know. It's it's that fine line. But let's be honest, they've never been told they wouldn't know. Yeah, you exactly. know? What like? Just pull the post. I'll, actually, I'll pull. I'll pull it up. And yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's a long post. Like, I have a proper read of it. Um, but like I say, Mark and I we met chatting about this the other day, and um, I thought, okay, because you've been lifting for so long. Like when did you start? Nineties? Yeah. Ninety five or something. Ninety five. Six, yeah. So fifteen, sixteen. Right. I never actually went never did any compound proper heavy strength style stuff till probably was like twenty eight, twenty nine. It was all like bodybuilding style training, yeah. you know. But even then it was still, you know, squatting and deadlifting. Yeah, people wouldn't walk in front of you. Yeah. It was like a it seemed to be for me it's really very really rare. I remember I've been to a couple of gyms where people have generally walked across me when I got racked in front of me. I had one person, I'm not going to say where I was, they actually fucking sat down as I unracked, sat down just in front of me less than a meter away to watch. <laughs> they just said at the time, that would I, was like, lovely. I was like, in my head going, they're going to move in a minute, they're going to move in a minute. Did they fuck? What are you doing? Squatting. So I just basically put it back in the rack politely went, not a good idea, right? And just left it as that. Because they had that fleeting moment where you want to blow up, you hang on, you know, made that any different. Yeah. yeah. But it is hard. But as I said, what I've learned now from every gym I've been to, when you actually look at what's happening, no one's really been told. Mm. What do you think about it? Yeah. But your gym's only as good as the education you give to the guys and girls that's there, yeah? So if you don't actually tell them how you want it to be, you know, how many gyms are there want to ban mobile phones? I'll give a challenge to any gym in this fucking country to ban mobile phones for a week, right? And tell people, no phones in the gym, right? Because if you can't do that, they're free to do what they want. That's fine. That's why they own a gym, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the challenge out there for anybody, what right? mobile phones, could you guys and girls, everybody in the fucking world, train for one week with no phone? We'll do it. There we go. Now, I know they have purposes, right? And we've discussed this, and it's yeah. just only my frustration I don't understand it personally I really don't but I don't have social media right so but when you think about the concept of for me I don't have the capacity to think about other things in between my sets on my, on my 
on my heavier compound days, I generally dance. Now, my brain isn't that clever. It needs to focus on one thing, one thing only. So how does scrolling through someone else's bollocks on fucking face shit help you in between sets? That's it. You know? Somebody no. fucking washing their underpants with a fucking camel. <laughs> how does that fucking help you in between two top sets on fucking sport? It does not but, at all. <laughs> inspiration. But I've been educated by different people and they've gone, oh, you know, well, it's a way of, of turning off. Which is, you know, because mentally wise, it's quite draining, yeah? Doing top sets and stuff in, you know, new uncharted waters can be quite taxing on the brain, you know, in between. So some people find it actually turns off. Mm. But then at what level does it flip back on quickly? Yeah. Olympic lifted lap at level, but I know sure as shit our level here, you know, if you're switching back on that quickly, geez, you should be really far up the food chain. Yeah. It also depends mean? how long you're on it though. How, how long do you want to switch off for? You watch some people scroll for 10 minutes. Okay, I'll ask you two, all right? You two, as, as social media guys who, who require it or don't, however you want to look at it. Yeah. But you use your phone whilst training, right? Yeah. My programs in there. That's the one I get on the time of program there, right? But do you use social media whilst training? I film and I look at my program. That's different. Music. No, no, we'll come back to filming, right? So we'll do, come you back to filming. On, do you get on social media? Have you ever looked at a message, checked an email? Email, yes. Right? If I don't. Yeah. Okay. No. And did it help? No. Okay. Hold that thought, sir. <laughs> Have you? Um, I'm not a big phone user. No, you're um, not. I, because I, I'm the same as you. <laughs> My capacity to to yeah. switch channels is zero. Um, I found if I do, if I find myself going off track, session session's over. Yeah, hundred percent. It's gone. Um, and you know, if you've got one or two chances to hit a top set, whatever, um, that's all it takes priority. So I know everybody's different, so I'm generally now asking respectfully to, to, to try and just learn about the human race, yeah. especially lifters. I don't understand. How do people do it and what's it Because I, 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 well, looking at it from a sim, from, from my standpoint, is because in society now, when there's ever a time to go for a shit on the toilet, if there's ever a time when you're laying in bed doing nothing, people generally now will grab a phone and they'll look at, so the phones have got everything. Instead of newspapers, they can just click on the news. Social media pre-consuming so what will happen is in between sets people sit down their natural instinct they probably don't even know they're doing it no. people honestly I honestly believe that half the people subconsciously will pick a phone up because they're sitting and not doing anything and they'll just start scrolling and they'll go oh fuck what the fuck am I doing so based on that assumption I'm guessing that the first thing people do in the moment they get up is check their phone don't they? yeah yeah I'm right. guilty of that so if everybody thinks about what they're doing why because 15 years ago, where well, these platforms weren't available, mm. 15, I'd say 15, uh, Facebook around? Uh, Facebook's been around now for between 10 and 15, yeah. Okay, so, so say 15 years ago, so clean 15 years ago, Yeah. I think I remember even when I started competing, as we said, like 2008, 2009, right? Yeah. The only way of finding information uh, was YouTube. Yeah. Right, that was- Google videos. Yeah. So. I'd love to know how does society change when now it's a dying necessity to do it every moment you have spare mm -hmm. social media, mm. right? It's scary. But when you think about what you're actually doing, you're going, why? It, um, I, I just, I generally don't understand. Well, Apple now, you've got an Apple, haven't you? 
we get do you get a screen time review at uh, the end of the week I think Samsung might have it but I've never it looked at it it is actually scary so what we'll do is every time so every time you go on your phone every time that you've entered a passcode and you're into your phone scrolling for apps doing whatever it'll record a time and at the end of the week you'll get a review your screen time was X hours you spent X hours on you this app you spent X hours no just on your phone oh on your phone um, so yeah calls, texts social media mail I don't need that it just rings anyway so I only found out we're on iPhone 12 aren't we I thought I was doing well. Honestly, I was like, "This when is super." Did, when did they? <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, it's got so, a camera. Well, put it that way. I, I get some over the phone, right? Look at that, right? What's he missed calls. Well, he's got twelve thousand. He's got seventeen, seventeen hundred missed calls, three hundred and seventy-seven messages unread, and twelve and a half thousand emails unread. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over the phone. Yeah. Right? So every day I was like, seriously, give me a break. Right? Yeah. Uh, so, someone please give me justification of what it. So, we're training, right? I, everyone's built differently, right? Everybody trains different reasons to understand this, right? So, we're talking now to the lifters. So, people can get offended. You can write your keyboard shit. I don't give a fuck, right? The real fucking lifters, why are you using your phone if it's not for a program purpose? And if you can't remember your program, fuck me, print it out. So, there's no temptation to use your phone. Yeah then why are we using phones? Mm. I'd love to know. I know we, you know, people want record sets, warm-up sets, I don't know why. You know, everyone loves recording shit. Is that normal? I've asked this before. Mm. Everyone's mad for it. Mm. Like, there's no element of surprise. No. You know, everything's posted in the world now. Everything. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong and, and people are right or wrong either. It's just a general open conversation that, it's it's concerning that, as you said, society don't really do it. Yeah. People generally don't realize. You know, we've joked before, I've challenged people here. You know, no phone, try it. Yeah. Like, what's the fucking necessity? Mm. If you need your phone to speak to somebody, you shouldn't be training. Because mm. something else more important, you know? But tell me why people sit there and troll social media whilst training. Mm. Anybody got anything for me? I'd just yeah. like to learn why. Yeah, what does it do? I think everyone's probably got a different reason, but I think people are just, I think it honestly is just a subconscious activity just to grab the phone and arrest these days. Yeah. yeah, it's just to see. But even you get in the morning, you know, oh, what's up with social media? Who cares? In my wake up routine is get up, switch the coffee machine on, shower, have that coffee, and then grab my phone. You do all this from your bed? How big is your fucking room? <laughs> Hey, you, you missed the first step. It's not tough. It's a gadget, man. It's got a fucking drawstring. So because of the time zone, because every fucker back in England when I'm sleeping is awake, my phone, in the, in the night time, I should put it on silent. He's going, uh, uh, I'm getting messages. Put it on silent. Yeah. I'll check it first. Then. Go back to your fan. Where's your button? Yeah. Your is doing one or two things. Jack and shit. Put on... Uh, Hang on. Okay, so I got that post up and there was one thing that we did miss on the bottom there. What's that? What um it's being silent during a big lift. Oh yeah. So that was the last thing we need to cover. So it says the exact words are just like golf, it is standard practice. Fuck me, the last two times I've played golf, half the people have had a case of friggin' Fear in them and fucking yeah, you'll be lucky to get or a fuck off when you're back to hit the ball. Get good under shit fucking conditions. Um, no, they don't want to say that. So, just like golf, it is standard practice to be silent during a big lift. Um, 
you but, can take that each way. But I can understand traditional weightlifting gyms. So you know, back in the day, that was prevalent. That was that was the normal thing in national training sports, whatever. Yeah. Um, is that feasible with 35, 40 people on the gym floor, all doing their own thing? Strong men, weightlifters, powerlifters, kids, general lifters. What do you think, Mike? Silent during a big lift? You'd be good. Fucking lucky to get our guy silent. Would it be an ideal situation? Is it realistic? Personally, I don't hear anything. Yeah. You're in your own world. I don't. I really don't give a fuck what happens. The building traps around me. Right? I've explained this before and explained to other lifters. For those 35, 40 seconds or a minute, doesn't matter what happens in the world right then. The only thing that matters is what I'm about to do. I generally don't care. I really don't. People moving around directly in front, you know, that, that can be off-putting directly in front. Yeah. But everything else around me, I don't see. Because all that matters to me is that particular lift. So me personally, I agree that you, you, you can't have complete silence. But people do need to realize that training, the best thing about training is like the human body, right? It's free. In theory, right? The human body's free. Apart from obviously protein, supplements, you know, gym, all that shit, forget it, right? The human body itself, the human body, you can do whatever you want with it in your lifetime. Let's take out all the medical conditions and you know, let's just all that bullshit. As a general human being, right? It's given to you to go, right, this is the body you're living in, do what you want with it. So you're in complete control over it and mentally, Whenever you go and train, you control how much you want to think about training or not. So if you can't train yourself to do that, then maybe you, you're not going to aspire to the level you think you should be at. Yeah. Like, there's no nice way of putting it. No, no. one's stopping you basically focusing on one thing. So you can talk all you want. I'm not fucking listening. Yeah. There are already certain cues that you would hear. So in a proper gym environment, there should only be one person offering any cues, not multiple. So, you know, educating a brand new lifter with different cues than I'm used to, that actually make the lifter worse. Yeah. You know, going to comps and changing technical advice, bad idea. That's not the time to do it. But also, I've been to comps with people with best intentions in the world, at any level, to offer a different way. But if you don't know how that person warms up, how they squat, how they bench, how they lift, how they clean, don't try and change it on the day to try and make them a better lifter on that day. There's certain things that won't make a difference. But the, the focus mentally wise, yeah, I think mental focus is, is something underrated. I don't think people really think about it as much as they should, as dumb as it sounds. But they'll always find a reason why. Oh, it's just training. Yeah, but in order to get better, you're going to reach plateaus, right? Yeah. Have you ever thought if your mental attitude was different between each sets, just because you don't interact and talk to people, people should be offended by that. I don't really want to talk to them when I was training, mm. right? If credit's done, I'll try and help and assist anywhere I can. But that's my time of work. You know, and it, I think it comes back to that if people aren't told this when it comes to the type of gym that the gym owners want to be, then it really falls back to them to educate people. It's just like a passing conversation like this. You know, I look in the gyms, you know, normally commercial gyms are pretty hustle bustle, people are in and out, and there's you know, not, not a great deal of direct massive lifting going on, respectfully. But when you come to these sort of gyms, just be a bit mindful of the environments. When you have a normal conversation, don't be offended by it. But putting someone up about it can yeah. call the fence, right? Yeah. Anyone coming to a strength and conditioning gym deserves the right at some point to better themselves, but they might just need a little education. So I'm getting not near the tail end, but I'm in obviously halfway through my lifting career now, 
is I'm more mindful now of, well, hang on, 20 years ago, I never fucking told me. No one wanted to talk to me. No one would give me time of day. You had to earn that right. We're a society now where people expect to have a coach, expect to have a fucking diet, expect a nutritionist, all in the first week of training. Fucking hell. What's wrong with people just going to train, kamikaze style, destroy your body with cavity grounds in the morning? Yeah. Right? No one does that no more. No. Now that training a body part where you can't fucking lift your arms, wake up in the morning where your legs hurt that much, you can't do the toilet. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know those feelings? Really? Experimental times. 100%. Like, you know? Side so your chair this way, mate. Who's picking up shitloads of this? Back on this way. Uh-huh. Just repositioning. Ooh. I'll give you the fact that the air comes quieter, so you come closer to it. Yeah, I'll go there, Mike. Send it your oh. way. There you go. Quite lovely, that fact. It's quite noisy, man. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking noisy. I was, looking, I was looking at the blue waves on there. I was like, this ain't gonna last so much longer. You know when you see like a, an ECG, yeah. it's fucking like this. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's the, the skinny one is the aircon, the fat one's the fan yeah. mic. Because that microphone is pretty sensitive, isn't it? It's a sensitive yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's like lifters. The wind, sensitive, aren't they? The wind quite your ass. Yeah, yeah. But you guys tell me, right? You know, it's, it's about learning about lifters' mentality. What is the, the biggest constructive criticism you have for most lifters? If it's, when we talk about not necessarily technique now, yeah. what's the most thing that commonly occurs all the time? comparison to others yeah you know so they're different I had that conversation with someone uh, this morning no, that's, that's a social Thursday. media that's in there. yeah it is it's social media again what's that so and so is lifting this much and they're in my weight class so I should be doing it oh, yeah. fuck off cunt seriously just fucking worry about what you're fucking doing yeah, yeah. right who gives a fuck about what someone else is doing that's just that's just dumb right and this is yeah is a, a massive issue you know, for me, going you know, trying to educate, you know, people going, doesn't matter if he's doing 50 kilos, she's doing 25 kilos more. It won't change your training. Yeah. So how do you deal with that with a, with a, with a lifter um, without, you know, destroying you know, sensitive nerves and all this shit or affecting mental health? That's what we call it, isn't it? Yeah. You know? you, you've got to enjoy or be embraced by being yourself, first and foremost, right? Yeah. If you're worried about what fucking the next man's doing, beat yourself up you're going to be fighting a losing battle and you're going to feel very fucking demoralised quite quickly you've got to you've got to enjoy you've got to get used to getting better or beating yourself each time um, I think it's the hardest people hardest thing for people to comprehend is like it's cliche as it is you, you versus you yeah where they're like they're so wrapped up in the comp that's in 6, 8 12 weeks time and they're like, okay, well, so-and-so is in my weight class and they're doing this now, so I've got to be able to do that too, to beat them. Yeah. But you got to remember this, okay, so maybe they pull more than you, maybe they're pulling 50 kilos more than you on the deadlift. There's four other events there that you can do really well on and still win. So why are you so focused on their deadlift? Yeah, well, you've already lost the battle there because you've t- all your energy has been put to someone else. Yeah. Um, so here's another way of looking at it. Right? the way people don't want to be honest about it yeah. and the biggest thing is honesty with yourself no one else yeah. so you sit down and I'll stand with any lifter you've got after a comp and they need to be 1000% honest did you put 110% in every day of your comp that's the start point 110% yeah. so you had 10 weeks yeah. 7 days a week 
It's 70 days. Let's just start with a percentage and answer the question. Do you know what? Monday to Friday or Monday to Thursday is always good. Friday was like back. Okay, so we're already, you're fucked for four days. Right? Yeah. So you can break this down as much as you want. You see where I'm going with this, right? Yeah. To the end of it, you go, well, what gives you the right to lift more than what you did? That's the reality check. Exactly. That's not being harsh or rude. That's reality. So a lot of people will use other people's numbers as motivation. But there's a time and a place to see what people are doing, right? So you're going to go to a fucking event and take a knife to a gunfight. If you're pulling fucking 200 kilos, everyone else is open at 350. Mm-hmm. You know what? <laughs> there are a few problems <laughs> getting 150 out of deadlift in fucking 10 weeks, right? I don't care what he's taking, he's taking, what I was doing this, I was doing that, it's bullshit. No what fight you're getting into. Yeah, yeah you've got to be realistic, but certainly using other people's um, training uh, as a guide to where you are, yeah, it's, 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 it's beneficial, but you've got to be realistic about where you are and lifting. I suppose another thing of that as well is understanding where the standard is. Yes. So for example, we, we discussed on previous podcasts like that, the deadlift, that 500 kilo, it was like this this mysterious number. Then as soon as fucking Eddie hit it, people saw it as like, I can achieve it. I can get there. It's an achievable target now. But it wasn't a mysterious number. It was a number never thought of Yeah. on this planet, right? When he said it, right, it was just like, so we're going from 465 <laughs> to 500. Yeah, it's, it's fucking mental. 100%. Mental. You know, and we did have a discussion with this before. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's changed. But the human brain, like anything, the guy that runs, you know, 10 seconds, 100 meters, gets yeah. down to like 9.5. And once it starts changing, the human brain goes, that's possible. Yeah. So obviously we're not done with 500 kilos, have we? No. Far from it. But that plateau that we all sat in for nearly three to four years when Benny Magnuson pulled it, right, when nothing was anywhere near it, until we started society accepting strongman deadlift. But bear in mind, Benny Magnuson's record was in a powerlifting comp. He was sponsored by MHP. That's correct, right? I remember. So that was 100%, yeah. right? That was a powerlifting comp, mm. right? So all of a sudden then, no one wanted to know about strongmen and deadlifting. All the powerlifting guys gave it no respect, no time of day. Now we've got a planet full of guys pulling 400 reps. And now the world wants to watch. Yeah. But five years ago, you guys didn't give a fuck about them. You know what I mean? Oh, they got suits on, they got briefs on, they got straps on. But now all they want to see is the most weight move from A to B. But then we can move on to the 500 kilo squat, where you've got guys raw with sleeves on, squatting just as much as guys with wraps on. Mm. That's fucking nuts. It's crazy. Right? And the guys with wraps on are squatting nearly as much as guys with suits on. So at what point in this genetic food chain did things change? Yeah. You know? So it's, it's a normal scenario when you think you're getting near the top, it just keeps moving further and further and further away. So it would, every time I was improving, as an early on heavyweight, the numbers were closer closer, closer to the bottom level guys at the pro, right? Then when you get in almost touching distance, what fucking happens? Next it just goes up again. So you gotta be realistic about it. I was never down about it. I was always realistic where I stood in the food chain. But every comp I was gonna go to, every comp I still wanna go to, I know where my numbers need to be for what I need to get better. And in the day, if people aren't realistic about where they're going, you shouldn't be competing. If you're going to a comp to fucking win, you're going to fail, right? Especially if, as, a, as a new lifter, you should be going to a comp to get better. Get experience. And you need to go to every comp possible, within reason, in order to improve in that environment. But society at the moment only cares about fucking people winning, got a medal for this, or I've got a record for this. 
you know what? Let's just everybody. It's easier to ask who hasn't got a fucking record of power because <laughs> every country's got a fucking record. Seriously, my nan's probably got one, and she's been dead ten years. Right? It's fucking nuts. So I don't understand or respect records anymore because I don't know what's real. Because everyone wants to toot their horn that they've got something. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And then people don't turn up for this comp, they don't turn up for that comp. So it, it does. I wouldn't say it gets disheartening, but I just go, eh, lifting. Yeah, let's just try. You know, whoever turns on the day turns on the day. Because either way, someone's never going to be happy. Someone's going to find a problem with some comp. Someone's got a problem with some record. Or that was his death. The judging was bad for that. Or that comp didn't start on time. It took, oh, fuck's sake. Yeah. You know? So what happened to people just trying to get better yeah. and get stronger? And that's what I just think it needs to be reminded of people all the time. We're not getting paid for this shit. Right? Everybody goes to train because they want to. In your own time. Apart from the elite level lifters in this world of every strength sport possible, no one gets paid to do this. None of us. You guys don't even fucking get paid for it. You lift and train because you want to. So people need to be completely realistic about what's achievable. But on the flip side of it is, take it as serious as you want to get whatever you need out of it. So back to my, did you give 110% every day? Yeah. Every single day you should be like that for people. Every day, at the end of each day, I will mentally ask myself, right, what have I done or what shouldn't I have done in order to get better? Mm. And I'm honest about it. I had diet was fucking shit today. Water is bad today. Train was shit today. All right, tomorrow, let's get better at that. So you just do one thing and it doesn't change. We're doing that every day. Don't need to read, I don't need a diary, I need to write it down. It doesn't work for me. Mentally wise, I just know when things have ticked all the boxes, I just need to do that consistently. Yeah. And when you don't, I don't get stressed about it. You know what? Start again tomorrow. Same with losing weight and putting weight on. It was easy, everyone be doing it. They keep telling people that, but people are still naive to think, well, why aren't doing that? So you pull 150, he pulls 220, you've been training 12 months and training four years. What fucking gives you the right to think that you can go to a comp and you should be doing that? Yeah. Or oh, what's the point of going to the comp if he's pulling more than me? Because you're you. Mm. And I've seen that recently, yeah. and it's sad, and I feel bad for you guys because how do you deal with that with a lifter without being honest with them, but trying to support them? So trying to be respectful about it and going, hang on a moment, you've lost complete concept of what you're doing here yeah. all you've gone is oh he's doing this what's the point in going how about to get better you know what i mean is that not is it a thing something changed in, in society i'm not aware of I, yeah i think that it has unfortunately i think people people are sad seriously wake up to yourself that's it they see it's instagram everything's broadcast. everything's a record everything's a pb this is my 5rm no strap left shoes it's not done up properly pb Ooh, you still got those? Still got those. Yeah. That's still a thing. That's still a thing, right? Iron Mind used to call those squats. No, no, no. Remember those? No spotter, no knee sleeves, <laughs> no sh- What was it? There was a no, no, no shot. Iron Mind used to go on the weightlifting video. Both no, no, no spots. I have to have a look for that. But what, 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 yeah, what, something's got to change, right? So the only way it changes is from the information that these lifters are given. Yeah. So the lifters are experienced typically aren't necessarily doing these type of things, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're a little bit more, I wouldn't say wiser, but a bit more switched on mentally with where they are, what they're going to. But when you think about it, where's the education coming from for new lifters? Yeah. It's down to guys like you, right? It's down to the coaches, and that's every coach. And, and today as well, like participation numbers in 
um, especially in Strongman and Palace, going through the roof, right? Compared to what they were 10 years ago, yeah. 10, 15 years ago. Even five years ago. So, yeah, I just think, you know, people, to find a powerlifting combat then, you had to be, you had to know what was going on. Whereas, you had to be freaking quick. Yeah, you open up, you open up your search page, and you'll go to a gym, and you'll see someone in a singlet with judges around you. So it's... I was, I was saying to, my, uh, to one of the guys before downstairs, they want to do a comp in four weeks. They're brand new to this. They've only been doing this six themselves. So my advice is you wait a bit longer and actually either some skill acquisition there first. Let's learn how to use a log and a yoke and you know all the implements you need for that comp. And then we'll worry about it because there are a hundred comps out there like every other weekend, there's a comp to jump in on. You don't need to do that one in four weeks because it's right there. There's no rush. You can. So, do you encourage or discourage brand new lifters who want to do powerlifting, strongman, weightlifting? Is there like a set parameter that society's pushing now that you need to be training for so long? It seems to me we're meant to be encouraging go and do a comp. I don't even train, right? They would. But that's okay because they're participating. It's not fucking McDonald's, you get a gold star. You get fucking fiber if you go from fucking cleaning the toilets to fucking pulling Mr. Whippy, right? <laughs> but that's a part I'm confused at. There's no one telling her, look, you need some basic, like six months of bodybuilding style training, squatting, deadlifting, you know, heavy leg press, you know, shoulder press, benching, all these compound movements to build some sort of structure. Is it not encouraging that anymore? Is that seen as negative? Um, I don't know, because I've just told him to wait, so. But you know what I mean? Is, is that not, the, is, is, have I got the wrong idea here, or? No, I think, I don't know. I, th I think you've got the right idea. I think that's the, the smart way to do it. If, so, if somebody, cut, if somebody there has, you have to be, so to compete in a powerlifting, there are certain standards you have to meet, right? You have to be able to squat to depth. Yeah. You have to be able to get the bar to touch on the chest, pause it and press it. And you have to be able to lock out a deadlift. So yeah. if somebody, if a lifter comes to me and they tick all those boxes, okay, and they're in some sort of shape to do these three activities on the same day, you know, in front of people, I'm not going to hold someone back and say, no, 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 you're fucking, there's no point in doing it. If you meet those standards and you really want to do it, it's something that you really want to do, I'll, I'll happily, or what we will if, happily what happens take if you yeah, through it. What happens if your total is not as much as the guy opening his squat? Oh, you, must be a your, your, your strength doesn't bother me. It's your ability to actually yeah, do it. Yeah, it's your, your ability to do it. If somebody, mm. wants to, if somebody wants to do it, it's like there's something they want to do. Now, novice comp you're talking about now? Yeah. What about if they want to do a, a official comp? Is that encouraged? No. No. So... So in powerlifting, the first one would be a novice competition. So not in a federation. So not in APU, PA, any of that stuff. So anyone that wants to start now as a guideline, because I don't want to put anybody off, right? Yeah. So yeah. my tone and attitude is flipping because, you know what, I'm just too fat old to give a fuck. Right? It's just a case of how do you now do the right thing without discouraging, but also Fine. people need to raise the standard in the industry back up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's too open and we're meant to be super sensitive about everyone's fucking feelings has to go, you need to get stronger. But no one's telling people this. It's sort of in a roundabout way. No, you need to get fucking stronger in order to basically to, to be able to at least squat some sort of respectable weight in that category. Now you guys, uh, APU, I believe, are qualifying total, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. So some of the feds have tried it before. I know across the board, some people have qualifying totals, some people don't. And there's been an argument for years about the total being interesting. You know, um, I think GPA, um, WPC, they have them and they try to move it up every year. Yeah. You know, I think even one year I was like, fuck, I've got to do actually two squats now as opposed to one squat, you know? <laughs> but guys just going in and just putting tokens in. You they know? did that to weightlifting last year. They moved it up two grades. So the, total, yeah. the totals that you need on average have gone up like 25, 30 kilos. But people were complaining about that. And I'm confused about this because then how do you separate the real lifters from the people who just basically want to say, I've been a weightlifting comp. Yeah. I'm now a powerlifter. So you put a guy doing the strongman powerlifting comp, a novice comp in a gym, on a weekend and a guy doing it to qualify for nationals yeah. on social media they just go he's a strong man now he's just lifted a few things in the gym but that discourages people right Yeah. but somebody in the industry has to start raising a strength bar for all three sports and going look we're all for encouraging people to compete not that you shouldn't but there is no minimum level anymore it's meant to be an open level everyone's welcome yeah but that's that's, that's society now, though, isn't it? No, no, but the gyms, individual gyms, can encourage that lifters get to a certain standard first. If anything, for safety. Yeah. Right? And that's yeah. a big thing as well. Yeah, we'll for, for, for their muscles, you know, your muscles might get bigger, your tendons don't get stronger. Yeah. Right? That takes time. Your joints need time to accommodate, you know? So it's always scary seeing teenagers squatting, you know, two, 250, 300. In their low twenties, I was like, "Fuck, these tenants aren't ready for this." These are literally super, you know, human genetic freaks. Unless you, the funny thing was, I was going to repost there and put a picture next. So Eddie Hall last week posted a picture of what he looked like at sixteen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the, in front of the so beach. Yeah. yeah. So Eddie Hall at sixteen had a pair of Burberry shorts on, half of his quads, with fucking quads that would look good on a forty-year-old well-trained male, a bold head with an ear and straight through his fucking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pecs like legitimate yeah. pecs deltoids and arms he looked like he had a mortgage three kids <laughs> yeah. and had been training it's like you, yeah. <laughs> then you want to compare yourself I guess I was going to put a picture of me at 16 <laughs> and against Eddie Hall you know what I mean but when I talk about you know elite elite level athletes there oh, fucking freaks you know 100% you know so all the people want to whinge about fucking gear and you know, I always take this with gear that's bullshit right for all those people that are stupid and naive, but these people are hard-working athletes at whatever level, tested, untested. Yeah. Generally, they were gifted, but it doesn't mean to say it's any easier for them. You know, the same with people that have got long limbs for deadlifting, short fingers for squatting, all this bullshit, right? Nothing you can do about that, right? That's what they've been given, that's what they're using. It doesn't make it any easier, they've still got to put the work in. Yeah. And that's what people are always looking for, an excuse from someone, of why it's easier for that person. Or I could do that if I was doing that. Well, why fucking aren't you? I don't want to shut the fuck up then. <laughs> you know? But we, you know, raising the bar is a similar principle to, to educating about gym etiquette. I do believe it's not being thrown back at you two in particular, just the concept of mm. people's first point of contact to a, a strength world is when they come here, right? Is when they go to any strength gym at all. So for every gym, you know, watching every senior member, any member or any experience with inside their, their, their club or, or their environment, you're responsible for educating people, you know? Because it all starts with, you know, helping someone who didn't know, someone's got to tell them. Because we never got that chance. We had to learn the hard way. Now you, you open the door now and everything's available to you. Fucking hell, coach, dyer, physio, yeah. rehab guy, 
Jesus Christ, every gym now has got that. Fuck, I could smell rehab. I made it way to do it, I didn't know what it was. You know, rehab was something you did when you were in hospital. You know what I mean? You get plaster on, that was rehab. You know, a coach was something with a guy with fucking, you know, red shell suit and a white stripe down the side. That was a coach. You Gold know? chains. Yeah, 100%. We don't know any of this. Oh. Uh, right? And now it freaks me with hair that change every day, right? Like yours. <laughs> Two air cuts. My hawk or hat. Or slip What's today? I had a hat on, I've been sweaty. You look like Mr. Smooth. Mr. Smooth. Mr. Smooth. Mr. Fucking no. Stick back. Uh, right? Mr. Sheen. Look very really relaxed. Remember that? The little polish? Mr. Sheen. Well, Charlie no, Sledge. Mr. Muscles. Uh, love the job you hate. That's right. Yeah. Mr. Muscle Ledge. Pledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Mr. Sheen. You define an aeroplane. Yeah. Like an airplane. Yeah, I like airplane. Oh, I remember. On the ad, um, on the ad is an airplane. Used to fly around. Yeah, I remember. There you go. Goggle it, right? Goggle it. Goggle it. Tell you. Get the goggle, right? You asked me to talk about the other day, British fucking. What were we discussing? We were talking about Pat Sharp this morning. Yeah, Pat what were we discussing? Sharp. He's an English presenter. He's a TV presenter. TV presenter, wasn't he? In the 80s and 90s. What was he on? Um, he had like a. Funhouse. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's what I remember from. Fun house. Surprise, surprise. Still, still black. black. She's still alive. No. Scott? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> I can help. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think so. That one. You've done it now, haven't you? <laughs> uh, she did. Um, say no if you don't know. Right? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm 100. I'm, I'm 99 percent sure. Yeah, oh, exactly. Scylla so Black Death. Yeah, she died in 2015. Lovely right. old soul Scylla. So recently then. Uh, she did Blind Date and my favourite Man O' Man. Man O' Man was good. That was terrible. I loved it. So what? I'm not surprised. Gladiators. Yeah. So what was a Saturday? About this a Saturday, the Saturday was Gladiators, uh, something else, and then um, Man O' Man. Man O' Man was on 8 o'clock. Mm. Most of like that. Yeah. 18 yeah. and Night Rider. Yeah. Right? 18 and Night Rider. Yeah, there we go. Right? Yeah, 18 was good. And Airwolf. Fasho? Nah. Paul Whitehead? No, no, Fasho. No. You weren't a big fan of Fasho, nah. was you? Nah. Same as Red Dwarf. Not a fan of it. I say I love Red Dwarf. Yeah, Red Dwarf was a hit or miss for me. British Empire, though. Yeah. Gold. Right? British Empire was very good. Anyway, mobile phones and training. Come on, put the challenge out there. But I understand, right, seriously, as gym owners, you know, and I've talked to other people about this, you can't do that, you know, because it discourages people, you know, as we say, you're not being paid to come to the gym, so you can't do that right away from people. Yeah. But I certainly raise it now for lifters, you know, the people that want to work out, no problem, right? You're still welcome in, in, in any gym, you know, conduct yourself in, in the manner that the gym is accustomed to, so to speak. But think about the concept, if you've got more out of your training, if I told you, you put 20 kilos on your lifts a total in the space of four weeks. If you came in and focused on training only with no outside influence, would you do it, yes or no? Absolutely. Okay, so why are you doing it? Mm. Simple challenge, isn't it? Mm. It goes back to what I don't understand why people aren't learning themselves. Mm. No one goes home and does research. I rephrase that. The, the amount of people that will then go home and research exercising, muscle growth, ways of getting better, just because the coach says so, doesn't mean to say you stop learning. You know, I told you before we go and buy magazines back in the day. Well, you can still buy magazines now or read articles, but it's not. We've gone to the opposite extreme. 
So I read an article go, well, this guy's put 20 kilos on his bench press. Why haven't I done that? He's doing this in the program, doing this. Yeah. So people then come and challenge the program. No, it's not about challenging the program. It's about educating yourself about what you're actually involved in. Mm. People are looking at the program that the elites are doing and yeah. they're two years into training. It's like there's a whole lot that comes before that. 100%. Um, is yeah. a, there's a graduation process in place uh, there. It's notorious, you know, I think the mistake everybody makes is is I'll pick a program that, that someone's doing that's successful, yeah. right, at a different level, yeah. and then try and go, oh, I'm doing this. I'm like, is that program designed for him? You try and manage that stress. You know, not get broken. You know, the, the Russian programs, many, you know, many have tried them. Yeah. You know, and, and to a certain degree, there's a training effect. Yeah. But no, no one's learning to, you know what? If I run a program or a different concept idea, it doesn't work. I don't go a shit. I pick out what was helpful and what's not and then I'll put it together with something else. And over a period of time, you accumulate it. Mm. But no one accumulates information anymore. Mm. All they do is, got a new program. Okay, is it like the last one? I don't know, I just do what's on here. Yeah. Don't you learn about it? This exercise, don't like this, it hurts when I do this. So instead of just complaining, why don't you just do some research, say, oh look coach, I've found these ones, uh, what do you think of this? And every coach is welcome to feedback. Yeah. But the lift will come back in four weeks and say, oh, I didn't really talk to do those, they were hurting. So you've left out two of your major assistant exercises that didn't tell me. So for you guys, I can see how it's hard, but is it encouraged or not for people to learn about what we're doing? Yeah. I think first point of call is read the program properly. So I had this conversation with one of the, one of the girls down there this morning where she copies her program, like copies and pastes it into a, a book, writes it out, but she missed like a key part of, um, as she's increasing the, the weight each week, take away one rep. So she's been increasing the weight, but keeping the reps the same because she's not written it down properly. Uh-huh. And she's like, it's really hard. I'm like, yes, because <laughs> you've got five extra reps in there that shouldn't be this week. So, the plagiarism problem. But even, yeah, the six, I, I don't know. I, I suppose because it's something that you, that you want to get better at, you do whatever you need to do to learn to improve, right? So for me, I read a program whether it was now or back, you know, 20 years ago, and it would, you'd want to understand it. So you do some more research about it to see, I don't understand what it but people don't do it anymore. They're given something and just, we'll go and work out, I would go, why are we doing this? Yeah. Not to be a fucking idiot. Just to understand. To understand, right. And that's all I've done is I've picked up a thousand different pros and ideas over the years, and I just merged different things together. So when I ask them questions, it's not trying to be a smart fucking idiot. It's to go, I just want to know what's it doing, why, the training effect for this, as they get older, it's getting harder. And also keeping a log of what you've done as well. Back yeah. in the day, you look at bodybuilders, Dorian's got every single workout 100%. for 10 years of training. Uh, to be able to refer back to a training log is is important. Things aren't going well. Okay, let's look back what we were doing this time last year. Does the volume match up? Um, exercise selection, you know, what's working, what's not. Bailey does that. Cer- certain things, that this, this thing's hurting, why is that? You know, it's, mm. It's, it's important, but it's often it's often not done. But it has two extremes though. So I agree, 100%, I would recommend to anybody, keep a training log. For me, it's mental, where uh, I only remember the picture. So when things are going wrong, you're back to what works. Yeah. Like, so it just, it's just a natural instinct that I, I don't know everything, I just know what works for me and what doesn't. But encouraging people to, to write it down helps to learn more. And some people like that, like they want to see it. Yeah. You know, I, I probably do a lot more only recently with just squatting and deadlifting, set some reps is as I write them down when I get home. Because for me then it's it's not motivation but it's a 
it's a reference point going, there's a minimum requirement there today. Yeah. So I know what I need to do to be able to get better, it has to be more than this, yeah. or it's got to equal it. Yeah? And at the moment when we're battling, uh, recovery is the biggest thing for me. Training is the easy part, it's recovery. So when you're, you're recording it, are you like recording total tonnage? Uh, sets so at the moment, I just keep it simple. Um, sets, reps, and then total tonnage, that's yep. it. And then, you know, for me, I, I, I believe, yeah, your tonnage needs to go up every, every week. Yeah. Of some, even 100 kilos, even 50 kilos. So basic mass, right? If you're putting 50 kilos on your tonnage every week, and you're in the ballpark of a training effect, then you're going to get stronger at the end of that block. Yep. It's not complicated. But it reaches a level where that doesn't actually work. Mm-hmm. But I'm still at a level at the moment I'm still to build base back up, build back up, build back up. So I'm just accumulating volume wherever I can at the moment. So when I'm good, I do extra sets. When I'm not, there's a minimum I need to do. And that's just for two basic movements. Everything else is just like, well, this is what I can do today. Well, this is what we won't do today. Well, this is what I need to do to do the next yeah, session. you know, so it, it gets harder now, you know, changing and doing more events now and, and, and different activities. Their work capacity is low. Um, it's not very high, but they build it up gradually. Yeah. Changing events and adding extra exercises. Yeah, if I was training like I was 10 years ago, well, I'm probably fucking dead by now. Right? <laughs> so I've learned to accept that. It's You'd have even more duct tape. Oh, it wouldn't be enough duct tape. <laughs> you know, so I've just learned now that progression is is minimal. Yeah, but consistency is key, and I'll be consistent now with everything around training, sleep, food, and water. That's that's the big part. Is people yeah. don't realise it's like a it's like a pie chart. This stuff you do on the gym floor is a very small part of the overall training process, right? You know, recovery, your food that goes in your mouth, the amount of sleep you get, what are you actually doing outside of the gym, 100%. and that completes the the circle. Back to you know mental, the mental stresses that we have. Uh, that's why I find outside influence for me do not have the capacity. And I don't like. It's hard having even short conversations in between the heavier sets. I don't have that capacity because all I'm thinking about is the next step. Execute in between. You know, yeah. I just I have to have a hundred ten percent focus. It's not that my training is more important than everybody else. It's not. It's all glorified and fucking princess like. No, it's just I need to focus. I just do not have the capacity to take information. And some people do, but then when people get injured, when they ask them, well, I kind of had the thought in the back of my head before I lifted. Yeah. Maybe that's the reason why. Yeah. Well, why do you bomb that squat? Uh, well, I was already sort of, yeah, I didn't think about other stuff. You know, it's, it's a dangerous game. So when you're lifting, you know, 78% of your max, right? Not anybody else's, but your max, it's still, you've got to respect that way. Yeah. 100 kilos to 100 kilos. No matter what level you're at. Yeah. You know, you'll be a 400 kilo fucking spotter. 100 kilos, 100 kilos. You know, and that's what I, I see a lot that I think the mental approach for lifters uh, across the gyms is, is there's, there's massive benefit from changing it. Yeah. But for some reason, they don't think they either need to or they're not at a level that they, they should do. You're always at a level. You know, when we started training, all I cared about was getting bigger and stronger. Didn't care how it happened. I just had to keep lifting more, keep eating more. That was the whole focus girl, 24-7, continuously, seven days a week. It doesn't stop. Even now, it's still on your mind every single day. If I'm not eating or drinking at the moment, right, I want to know why. I'm looking at the clock all the time. 
uh, even with work. You've got your set of there. Huh? There you go, see? see? You've super stacks. Prepared for it. But that's just, for me, what works for me. But somebody sit down and tell me, would well, you do everything you could for that comp? But I go, yeah, I probably could have got more. And therefore, I deserve to place where I place. But none of us have ever turned around and gone, I give her 110% on my comp rep. I think they did for the comp day. No, comp rep. Because by the last week, your strength is done. 10 days out from any comp, you're done. Everything accumulated for 6, 10, 12 weeks, that's it. From 10 days onwards, you're not going to get a great deal more from training, that is. Yeah. That's where rest comes in, you know, where I listen to the coaches and now sit down and go, right, you need to rest this period of time. It's hard for you guys to, to gauge a lift up. Some people need to train all the way through. Some people generally, and even guys and girls I've helped, do fuck all now. Three or four days, you need to literally turn off. Because they're, they're so highly strung, I was so stressed out with comps and bodybuilders, especially it's hard for those guys and girls. Diet, diet's running your life. Yeah, mentally and physically, you're the best in the world. Bodybuilders are a whole different animal. That's just it? one massive endorphin and chemical imbalance inside your body, you know, with, with dieting uh, for, for, for any any athlete of that level. You know? It's fucking nuts. But for powerlifters and weightlifters and strongmen, you know, I learned, you know, the deload principle doesn't really work for me. You know, the train less principle maybe, or not lift as much, but certainly, you know, train, I train a day before a comp. I've even trained in the morning of a comp. But do you like bodybuilding stuff? Yeah, stuff? just just buffalo stuff, you know, just just machine stuff. And and some people don't cope well with that. They need to do nothing. I don't encourage doing nothing. It's the worst you can do. Yeah, coming in too fresh can be a bit detrimental. I'm just go for a walk. Go for a walk. Do some bands at home. You know, just anything. Uh, just do some movement exercises and some uh, some dynamic stretching, not static stuff. Just get the blood flow because if you tune out too much and relax your body. Then comp day, I've seen lifters turn up. Uh, I have plenty of rest. You ask what we've been doing. I've done nothing. So for twelve yeah. weeks, your whole world was training, eating, and recovering. <laughs> and then for the last three days, you'd fuck off. Yeah. What do you expect? So they say then you've taken your body all the way down to neutral, and you've got to then go through the gears again to get you back to, to, to five. Um, like massage and recovery. Some people, some people can do it. Some people have to do it. Uh, for a lot of us, that's it's not possible. Yeah. And people that, you know, doing rehabilitation sort of exercises and massage stuff before comp can be quite dangerous, I don't know. Had people take too much working load out mm. and it's fucked me, you know, where my hamstrings may feel better, but they're taking too much tension and load out of it. So I've just spent eight weeks loading them up and someone's released them. It's such a bad idea, you know, because that fine line of keeping working load and not, and why I don't let basically anybody touch me. It doesn't work for me because you know I kind of do a certain amount so I know I can still use them, but I found that it's I can't find it in between. I need enough out for them to get better, but I usually get too much taken out. All of a sudden, they feel free and easy, but there's no tension anymore. Open up new ranges. Yeah, you know, increase risk for injury, and and that just comes down to experience and understanding what what are you doing and why. It's always concerning to when you talk to. You know, lifters and athletes and asking these sort of questions, they go, oh, I don't know, what do you mean that man? How do you not know? It's your body. You don't know what's going on with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just went a massage and yeah, I've felt worse today. That's correct, because I've just put everything back in order. When you go see Cairo, you're always gonna feel worse the next day. Because your body goes back to where it wants to be, not what you've just put it into for the last three or four months. You know, but understanding that process, that's 
that's part of training, you know. Yeah. But it's easy to come into a gym and switch up and go, right, coach, tell me what to do. Coach drops dead, what does it mean? You drop dead as well? <laughs> Just fucking stop. Yeah. <laughs> but it should be part of uh, an, an education system. You know, the lifters that want to get better, you, you basically, it's not like a test or a trial, but in order for him to get better, you go, right, end of a strength block, right? Or end of a comp prep, and get their damn time to come back, okay. Why don't you tell me what you want to do? Give us some advice and numbers. So if it was me, I would be trying to get them to write their program whilst assisting them. So the ones that really do want to get better, you go, right, will you tell me based on that, what do you think we should be doing? And then just make some suggestions. It just, it might help take some pressure off you, but make them more accountable to themselves. But being given a fresh piece of paper every four to six weeks, you see it all the time. People just go, oh, I'm doing this. And they got the nerve then to blame the coach then at the end of the comp because I didn't do this, didn't do that. They don't fucking tell people what really happened where they didn't do all the exercises. They didn't follow their diet properly. They didn't sleep properly. Oh, that's right. You're trying two days this week and three days this week. Yeah. Didn't fucking see you for a week. Yeah. You got married to a fucking pig, went to fucking <laughs> overseas or something. Do you know what I mean? There's always an excuse, you know? I ate too much birthday cake, I couldn't go to the toilet, so I didn't train for a month, you know? And I've been always got a fucking excuse. Right? What sort of birthday cake was that? What was that fucking, what, when you get on top of it? The old fucking, uh, the fondant. No, uh, what's it called? Um, what's the shit on the, the plastic you on top of a cake? Partisan? No, partisan. Marzipan. Marzipan. Yeah. I love marzipan. Fucking marzipan. That stuff's delicious. Fuck me, that would clog your guts up. I don't like that. Put out a kid to surprise for you. Marzipan. Marzipan, that's yeah. it. Yeah. It's always an excuse, isn't it? Yeah. You've heard them all. Oh, yeah. But it comes back to just the ownership responsibility seems to be got away from the individual. Well, that, that's the key word, ownership. Right? Athletes now, and athletes, I use that word loosely. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> I had this Fuck conversation with Rand, though, because he oh. doesn't like being called an athlete. Lifter. Well, like, if you, you know, you got a comment on the back of the shirt that says athlete. So I, I'd rather like competitor or something because yeah. he's, he's not, he doesn't consider himself an athlete. I suppose it, it, it's reached a level, there has to be a certain level where you are. Yeah. Um, and he's definitely at that level where he is an athlete. <laughs> is, yeah. I get what he's saying though. Yeah. yeah, you know, and the problem is it's, it's an overused word now. Yeah. Uh, Everyone's like an athlete. Ryan gets his, uh, his weekly mention, there you go. There he is. Ryan slipped in. But it just, I don't know, I, I think, Instead of, you know, we, we, we joke about stuff, we, we make constructive criticism, or we whinge, whichever way we look at it, right? But if we don't start educating people, then society won't get any better. No. You know, I mean, we're all responsible for all of us. Back in the day, if you really wanted to get better at something, you had to really go out and search for it, right? Whereas so. now, you can just bring your mate along and just get into the environment, you fall into things. Back then, there wasn't Instagram with these little clips telling you how to no. put together a perfect strength block. No. Back in the day, you had to really go and fight. If you really wanted it, whatever you wanted to do, if it was diet, training, whatever. Order a VHS out of a magazine. You really had to go and find it. And that's my strength block. It's been going from fucking 16 to 41. <laughs> that's my strength block. It's been running my entire fucking life, right? I didn't know what a strength block was. Yeah. So I'm like, what's a strength block? Yeah. That's just training, isn't it? Yeah. Fucking lift. But you said they walk into it. Exactly what you're saying. Yeah. You know, you, you, what did you do back then when you started lifting? When you, how, how did you get stronger when you started out in the gym? Well, back, back in the gym that I trained at, Griffin Mill in Stroud, a certain room where 
men went to go lift the weights, so you had to be a certain age to go in there. So there was a bit of a graduation process. You go into the cardio room. It was a certain thing. height, wasn't it? Wait, <laughs> you could still be waiting. Wait, yeah, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, you wait till you're a certain age and you go in there and it's like, holy fuck, what's going on here? There's so you started dudes. a commercial gym, right? Yeah, the commercial gym, Spit and Sawdust Place uh, in lovely Stroud in the valleys. And did anyone talk to you? No, it was quite, <laughs> well, we had back then, and there still is now, there was a big rehab center. Yeah. So all the guys would come from the big cities and go to rehab in Stroud down at Brimscombe, and then they had a link with the gym. So you went in there, it was, it was a rough and, you know, I've seen and drug and alcohol rehab. Yeah, yeah. So there was, there was some, there was some tough dudes. Remember we were talking about rehab before I was in body, so I'm just clarifying. <laughs> yeah. Merge it together, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You go in there and you're like, oh fuck, I've just been in there watching Linda do fucking her ab workout and uh, your 100 meter rows and you walk in there and there's some big dudes with four, five, six plates on the squat bar and it's like, you have to fucking watch them. And then if you're lucky enough, you ask them what they're doing training wise and food. And then, you know, they sort of, after after a while, when they kind of see that you're turning up and they might like you, they'll disclose some information. And then you try it for yourself. Um, and then it's just an ongoing process from there. But it was always continuously little bit of information yeah. every time you trained. And so the rest of it, you had to visually learn and watch to go yeah. right. And there was some bad shit. There was some stuff that was like, oh fuck, that was a hurdle. Yeah. But it's all part of the process, isn't it? Hundred percent. There are plenty of times where things went wrong and and, and progress got worse, and, and you know people would make comments about you know your lack of progress or you shouldn't be fucking training here. And that sort of stuff, uh, and, and that's. But if you wanted to get good at it and get better, you'd get better. Yeah. And that's what's not there anymore. You know, at what point do you not want to get better? But if you ask that question to the average lifter or member, they can't give an answer, an honest answer. Mm. So, how far are you prepared to go to get better? Yeah. Ask people that. Where is your cutoff point? And it's not a sacrifice, right? Because no one's forcing you to do this. People say sacrifice stuff is fucking bullshit. I haven't sacrificed nothing for training, right? By my choice, I've decided to train. My choice, I've decided to get bigger. My choice, I've decided to be at this size and carry it around. So there's no fucking sympathy. I don't want nothing for anybody. I've made all the decisions, right? Same as a, a lighter guy who's as big as he can be and as strong as he can be. That's his choice. So where is the cutoff? You're trying to get down to where, let's start, it keeps going back to the same thing. If you don't start from the beginning with somebody new and see what their expectations are, for me, that's why I don't coach and I'm not a, not a pizza. I don't have a cutoff, it's on or off. But I'm fucking doing this 100% or not. I don't have, let's just do a little workout for fun and play badminton. Fuck off, seriously, let's destroy ourselves as much as possible, right? In order to get better, right? That's just how I want to train, you know? So. Is that the wrong approach with, 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 with new people? Are we meant to be sort of, you know, painting them in with little breadcrumbs and saying, come in, we'll knit your woolly jumper if you get cold and that shit, right? <laughs> I, I don't woolly know. Jumper. Please, so, so, it hasn't changed that much, surely. You're telling me it has changed that much. Oh, I believe it has, mate. Come on, people, seriously, we can't be that weak and in certain In certain areas as well, like, fuck, Go back to the gym that you used to train back in fucking Gloucester. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I look at, even now, people are still doing the same stuff. But when you come to a city, when you come to a place as, you know, 
fashionable whatever is in Sydney like there's some fucking weird and wonderful shit going on oh yeah there's a lot of people when you go back to fucking Stroud if I go back there now I guarantee the same fucking people are doing the same thing same exercise in the same place 100% um, they'll say I was here for a while yeah. <laughs> I, I, went, I went back this is how fucking brilliant it is I fucking love I love my hometown I went back a couple of years ago for a week I had been over for three years before that and I was having a conversation with a local pub with Jace, Jace Hall, Flathead we call him. And he was talking to me like we fucking talked a week ago. And at the end of the conversation he goes, oh, you real, what, you, you real, I was fucking with you, remember? I said, Jace, I've been fucking away for three years, mate. He goes, fucking hell, have you? <laughs> yeah, mate, <laughs> this is my first day back. Yeah, like, Not a fucking you. clue. But, but we love it. Some people don't change like that, you know? No. It just it, for them everything is normal yeah but yeah and I think from area standpoint you know people are big cities people are coming and going people want to try new things I don't know is that a fair comment yeah people are it's it's there's small fucking people if you go to a small like you go to fucking Nairu you know it's, it's different it's because it's so readily available now yeah, yeah exactly so yeah, I have to always be reminded because not everybody wants to wants to go to the extreme. And I go, well, you don't deserve to be a lifter now. You know? And whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. It just, I don't want to use anything as an excuse of why I didn't get better. You know? And saying, well, I could have put more into it, so why didn't you? Mm-hmm. People say that, I go, why didn't you? It means that you didn't want to do it enough in the first place. Which I get, right? But to me, what's the point in doing it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to have that sort of cutoff. Either doing it 110% or not. But because there are so many gyms now, let's just say half of these strength and conditioning places, because every fucker is now in it. Yeah. Got yeah. a bit of green shit, got a sled, a tire, a fucking stomach. <laughs> strength and conditioning. And I'm just like, no. You've still got guys running around at 45 kilos and no shirts on. That's not strength and conditioning. Seriously. And we're not talking about our names here. Yeah. <laughs> it's not normal, that shit, right? Uh, it's not, well, apparently for them it is. <laughs> yeah. well, evidently it is, because I keep saying it. Yeah. yeah, well, no, I've, I've seen the coaches um, from shoulders to waist bare more than I've seen my missus in the past uh, in the past three months. In the past. Maybe she's trained there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her to go down there, right? Yeah. Get the best of both worlds. Yeah, but so yeah, it's, it's not you know. On one hand, I'm trying to in, in obviously encourage and, and and educate you know new people into I suppose the industry, not into a sport. Yeah, you know, to me, you shouldn't have to coach anybody in to a sport. I fucking want to do it, you don't. Right? It's, to me, it's that simple. I take offense to it going, oh, you've got to bait someone to go and do a comp. No. They should come to you and should be fucking banging your door down going, I want to compete. I want to lift what I need to do. What do I need to do to be a strong man, to be a weightlifter, to be a coach? Sit down in front of you, do this. And you've got guys and girls like that, right? Get in the program, off they go. And that's what we're talking about. They're the people that, you know, deserve the time and effort. It's not that no one deserves it, but there has to be a point where we're going, you can't just keep handing out fucking random bits of advice continuously and getting nothing back for it. Someone's got to change, but it has to be a minimum standard. You know, you want to be different to commercial gym, right? Well, you are, because you offer these services. You offer this type of training, this type of environment. Mm. But that's got to be taught as well. But you guys are in control of it. As gym owners now, or every gym, Every gym is in control of it, right? So 
you know, if people didn't whinge about it as much and went, you know what, what's the actual problem with if these people that they dislike or how things are run, we'll change them. What are you doing about it? I dislike social media. What are you doing about it? I don't have it. Solve that problem. All right? I don't like going to some gyms. What do I do? Change gyms. You know what I mean? If you can't change some things, then maybe you need to change. Yeah. Exactly. That's ownership. 100%. But it doesn't, it's not encouraged anymore because it's seen as negative. What? Wanting to get fucking better and not talk to people. Yeah. You know? Just, just focusing on something to get better. You know, and telling someone that they're fucking shit, apparently that's not allowed anymore. Right? Three people in a competition, I came third, no, you fucking didn't come last. If you tell people this, you know, you can. I don't know. Just that reality check, I guess. We've had that conversation on an episode before, though. Like, you didn't win in a category of one. Yeah, it's hard no. because, you know, it's not always that person's fault, right? No. You know, and on the flip side, you go, uh, you've been to a comp and you're only as strong as the comp on the day, right? And the people that turn up. So no one else turned up, what do you do about that? Yeah. But you conduct yourself in a different manner, you know? Exactly. I'd be too embarrassed to say, yeah, uh, I won. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I came last. I bet I what did you come, I came first. That is no, I came last. one of the most cringeworthy yeah, I'm, I fucking I'm, hate that. But I can't help myself, I've got to ask. Someone goes to come fifth, how many people? Fine. You get blasted. You come last. Right? Yeah. It's not trying to be little, it's trying to keep it in check in reality that there's no respect given now to, you know, the, the level where it goes from good, above average, low, low level, pro, elite level. Yeah. I don't know what's good anymore. I told you before, I, I generally don't know. Because everybody blows the front of everything pot is so big now yeah you know we've got to pat everyone in the back for everything so everyone just needs to take a step back and go do you know what this is where I sit in the food chain if I want any more acknowledgement I need to get better but we've got to acknowledge everything now right mm. it's down to you boys wise words from fucking Gov as always you boys are the first guys that, that people see right so you guys are in a position to change it yeah you go, well, I can't do much. You can. Everyone you come in contact with. But you can do it in a delicate manner that society now accepts. Mm-hmm. Articulating. Yeah, you do it very well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that fucking word means. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you back a truck up, right? <laughs> back up an articulated lorry, that sort of thing. Yeah, fucking hell. But try it. Like I say, you know, when you think about it, we've talked about it before, and the small little things, maybe try, you know, mental approach definitely I feel is, is something I've noticed a lot more with everywhere I, I go, train, and people you talk to. Most of most of the games have been made just by their mental approach. By focusing on the task at hand. 100%. But even outside the gym as well, by putting their other affairs in order. We've all got commitments, we've got families, we've got responsibilities. That shit never goes away. So when you come to a gym, that's the great thing about coming. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. That's it. My I've time. come to train. If I've got other things going on, I won't come and train. Because there's no point. Because your brain's going to be elsewhere. Yeah. You know, so it, it's an outlet. It's a notorious outlet for everybody. We all started training for various reasons, right? And everyone's got similar reasons, male or female. You know, why they wanted to train, why they want to change their physique. That's like a, a global thing. But people lose sight of that very quickly. And, and social media has made it worse by the non-lifters and the non 
gym people on your social media will always put you on a pedestal, but in the food chain, you fuck, fuck you in the basement. Yeah. Right? And that's that's what's caused the problem. So I'm all for encouraging people, you know, as a society we need that, yeah. But they're never ever first to go, well actually our money at this level. But everybody else thinks they're fucking all they up here, you know. And that just creates falseness and insecurity. Then people give up the sport. How many people have walked away after they've done two, three, four years and found out, yeah, it's fucking hard. Yeah, it's fucking hard work, this shit. <laughs> you know? Can you stick around? It's it, it, half a battle, isn't it? Can nobody wants around? to tell anybody how long you've been doing something and how long will it take? Could it take 10 years? Could that, take 20? And that goes back to the society thing now, whereas everything is, you want to access information, you want to know what the weather is, fucking bang. You can just open your phone up and see it straight away. Everyone's, every, everybody, life has been structured now, whereas if you want something, you get it now. But stuff, results that you're going to get down there on the gym floor, that's never going to change, right? That takes... 100%. So if you talk no a lifter, if you sat down with a lifter when you write a program and say, <laughs> right, what do you want to achieve? Right, tell us your goals. Tell us the most you want to squat, deadlift, press, stone lift, whatever it is. Give us your number. There's nothing stupid about that. Right, these numbers. And you tell them how long. I guarantee it. You say you've got two options now. To achieve this, take you 10 years. Right now. No matter what you do as an open lifter, as a test lifter, 10 years to get to those numbers. That's 10 years of consistent training, Correct. week on week. 100% focus, or you walk away right now and you don't achieve that. You offer those two people, one takes it, one doesn't. How many of those people are going to come across? One in every 10? Not a lot. Yeah, or even less. But that's what it needs. That's what you need to tell people going, this is what's involved. But is that too extreme? Are I being too extreme about it now for uh, you know, an activity that people do in the spare time? Mm. And the difference is whether you're talking to someone who actually wants to lift, to be a lifter, to compete, to, to get better at this, and most people are aware it's a hobby. Yeah. Yeah, they it's, just it's want a, to come. It's a pastime. It's a, it's a social... Be part of a community. Yeah. Like, for us, we all want to get better. And I, I was better two years ago than I am now. And we're going to work to get back there. Yeah, but you're just a lazy twat. I am. That's the difference. <laughs> You've got all the ability in the world, right? Just a lazy fucker. Right? You just go and know what? I can't fuck. Right? I'm hungry. Hey? Right? I'm hungry. Yeah, but we need to go from hungry hippo, right, to hungry <laughs> athlete, right? <laughs> But, but you my, have that ability. My, right? yeah. Mike and Sean's training sessions are fucking brilliant. <laughs> it's like um, it's like when you go to like a family do and you haven't seen your cousin for fucking ages, and then you get together and it's like it's just fucking mayhem. He's like the cousin that wanted. <laughs> <laughs> the movie Step Brothers. That's his kind of cousin, Step Brothers. Not neither of us want. <laughs> you get off the fucking there. You do fucking. Right. <laughs> Got all the ability uh, in the world. That's what frustrated. Well, what was this morning session? You guys were doing. Uh, well, we're going to squat, but I still, my leg keeps cracking. You got a fucking nice little slice down there, yeah. Freddy Krueger style. Yeah, so you could probably cut them off. The size of your fucking legs won't be good enough. I was going to say that is a fuck. His calves are fucking bigger than my fucking quads. Uh, so well, you don't ever developed. Mike turned up with with a couple of axles, and you did an axle. And I'm planes, and there's some rolling thunder. I did some double overhand deadlift. Yeah. Just for some grip stuff. Yeah. You know? 
That was uh, something different. I did yeah. some double overhand and then realised my grip shit on when switching. Yeah, blamed it all on his fucking hairdresser hands. Right? <laughs> hairdresser hands. My tiny fucking hands. You borrowed them off a tenure. I was actually thinking yeah. that before. Yeah. Oh, fucking miniature hands, mate. Yeah, cool fucking little hands. Oh, tiny hands. Did, did you get them on the set? Fucking <laughs> massive calves, though. <laughs> oh, Look giant, at the fucking calves. Giant fucking feet, giant calves, and tiny black hands. I thought you were going to say giant cops, they're not calves. <laughs> <laughs> it's as if you had, like, jumbo sausages and you gnawed away at them, you've eaten them down. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, because this part here, that part, right? Yeah, Look, your hands, little fingers. Yeah, yeah. little fingers. Short yeah. fingers. Also, Roddy said penis fingers. But hand size apart, they're still fucking weak. Yeah. Right? People with small hands and still be strong. Yeah, just a little fucking weak group. You just need to put the fucking phone down, alright, and do some work. Mate, I didn't pick my phone up while we were training. Yeah, fucking time to. I would later. Right? I know I sat down to have a sip and we drink, and he goes, fucking hurry up. Yeah, You've been there like 20 minutes. 20 minutes? Seriously. Fucking hell. Get your fucking hair done, your fucking nails are dirty, everything's back. <laughs> fucking, right? Love it. Back and forth. So, I need to get back to it. That's, that's yeah. that generally is just uh, back to the same thing. Is yeah, people say all the time consistency, right? But if you can just take one thing, I've said to you before, every week, try and do one thing the same all the time, whether it be the same two, three, four meals every time, same sleep pad, just do one thing at a time gradually. You take too much on, it's too much. Mm-hmm. It's a change of lifestyle. So breakfast is the worst middle of the day for you. Focus every day on having breakfast for a week, one thing. You know, and then the following day or the following week, then try whether it be lunch or dinner. Sleep is the easiest thing. Just pick the same time every day. Yeah. Get up at the same time. The weekends are the worst because people seem to think that's the time. No, weekends get up at the same time every single day. Mm-hmm. Go back later on and have a snooze, no problem at all. But get the body used to it. So eating, you know, for me especially in the mornings, uh, yeah, you get up is like you know, I get longer in bed, but I don't have breakfast. What's a typical breakfast? Uh, it generally varies. Um, no, I normally have, um, because I just get meals that are made, maybe um, chicken, pasta. Oh, you'll have a full on. Yeah, I don't care, it's just food. I don't see breakfast as a meal or dinner as a meal, I just no. eat food. Just for I, function. I just literally eat whatever. Um, so you won't have potatoes. Nothing like a protein shake first thing. No, no, so normally. Uh, Solid food. It, it's normally hydration powder, BCAAs, um, or definitely water. Yeah. Water is a massive thing at the moment. I'm really dehydrated um, a lot, even with the amounts. I need more water. And you, you train late at night as well, before bed as well. So that's yeah. So when I more. when I finish training, I'll, I'll eat before I drive home. It's yeah. still like a forty minute drive for me. You'll eat again, right? Uh, now it depends what time it is. I need to get to bed for a certain time for recovery. So I'll have like um, hydration powder BCAAs when I finished. Have a proper meal and go home. Have some more um, electrolytes more endurer like a litre of water uh, and then I'll probably show for the bed okay um, and then get to bed and then in the morning then get up have a meal yeah and then just yeah meals just trying to eat especially going back towards competition mode yeah you got to watch the clock you know mm-hmm. it, it, it literally the only way for me to function is if I'm not drinking something or eating something there's something wrong yeah. and when I'm consistent with that my recovery improves and it's just getting that reoccurring pattern that it's a full-time job. You know, even as an amateur lifter, as a novice lifter, to get full-time out of anything, you need to put 100% in, right? So it comes back to, have I done everything I can today? Yeah. But people get overwhelmed, you see, because there's, I've got work, they've got kids, they've got, 
will prep your fucking day properly. If it means enough to you, you find a way to 100%. do it. And I went, when I used to make meals, it would literally be Wednesday, Sunday. Two days. So I would train four days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. I have two days rest. That's and then and the Wednesday and then the Sunday were meal prep days and that for three days. Yeah. That was before we started, you know, guys that make meals for you. And now it's just more convenience. But I still eat meals in between them. What do you, because you get enough food down there to feed Bosnia. No. So what do you put down there? It's a small Bosnia. Those there, like eating five of them, they're only like fucking three and a half thousand, four thousand gallons a day. And you'll make your own food. So what do you put in between those? I in between those, well, additional protein shakes. Yeah. You know, when I get to work, have like, you know, maybe bacon eggs, coffee. Um, It's always, yeah, a lot of tart based, like bread. Um, Just nice snacks during the day, you know, whether it be um, either chicken burgers, steak sandwich. Just a lot of mainly just I focus on uh, carbs, probably a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but on certain days, I eat certain foods. Squat days, I eat less. By 12, 1 o'clock, I'm done. I can only snack between like 1 and 5 for a squat. I have my last biggest meal will be about 12 o'clock. It would usually have to have rice in it. Um, and then everything else after that will be smaller meals that don't cook well. Um, on squat day, deadlift day, yeah, pretty much similar. Press day, I could probably have a three course meal whilst pressing because I'm always hungry. And then obviously doing, you know, assistance, um, bodybuilding style, uh, I've got to be full the moment I walk in the gym. Yeah. Because you get hungry, you know. But the heat doesn't help. You don't want to eat in the heat. No, not at all. You know, especially if you come out of the fucking desert, like Bosnia right here, isn't it? It's fucking it is. Warm. Yeah. The thing is, it's the humidity out here that kills me. Yeah. Did you, you get used to it. You um, do. It's the hardest part is um, until you told us about Endura. Um, I said I was fucking drinking bloody Powerades. Yeah, it's not it's a bad idea. Um, staying hydrated. Staying hydrated that is the the hardest part. No, it's right. Twenty it years this year. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Twenty years. Twenty years in Australia. I still can't deal with the bloody heat. It's mental. I don't think you can ever deal with forty degree anything thirty five and overs. Get used to it. So it, I suppose. Is I think the best way to describe it would be you just adjust to it, but things don't happen as quick as you want. So lifting wise, you know, it takes me a lot longer in between sets. Um, but water is, you know, people will talk about it. It's a massive key. Mm. The amount of water we, we lose just from, you know, sitting around and talking just from just natural body sweat, it dehydrates you. Mm-hmm. you know? And water alone, I've, no, I've learned a lot more that, yeah. It doesn't stick. It doesn't. I'm still going... Why am I still thirsty? Yeah. It's because electrolytes and salts. So yeah. Um, I get hot anyway, regardless. My thermostat's been broken since fucking 20 years. <laughs> and, and the heavier I got, there reached a point where when you force your body to change, the body doesn't want to be this size. You know? And a woolly fucking out on top. You gotta keep it in. Yeah. You go past the fucking fan, it's like fucking in. Antarctica, <laughs> right? That's why I started wearing beanies. I told you, when I was going to commercial gyms, you'd go from one room to another, I was training uh, over in Manly, where I used to live there, and it was fucking cold. Because one was an aerobics room that you have to walk through that room, all the fans on to get to the bubbler. Then you go back out in the weights room, and I would get headaches. Because obviously, my yeah, your head's sweating. In the corner. Yeah. So that's the reason why, is to keep everything in together. So yeah. you know, I, I sweat a lot, and I get really, really hot. My water levels are up, it doesn't make any difference. But when your water levels are down, you're sweating, you just feel tired. I go fall asleep in between sets. And that's why I know I'm dehydrated, you know. But if you've got enough water, you can afford to lose that much sweat. 
but it's still pretty fucking hot out here, fellas. Yeah, it is fucking hot. It, it's, it's, um, it gets a tad warm. It's just like a bowl of. It's a bowl, isn't it? Yeah. It's surrounded by mountain, and then we've got all. Yeah, well, the blue mountains here. Just everything just gets trapped at the, at the base of the mountain. Is that how it works? But you get used to it, right? That's what I'm saying. So I'm just I get used to those days, and I go, you know what? Let's be honest. Not even you put all the days. It wouldn't be more than seven days in the year where it gets to the point of going. Do you know what? It is actually just really too too, too fucking humid hot. Last summer we we had it felt like every other day was like that. Uh, that it was mental. But this no. year's not been too bad. Yeah, 40, 47 degrees. We had Bill Kazmaier in. It was what, 47, 48? Uh, yeah, 46. Um, yeah. I definitely agree with you that it gets to a point where you just feel it. And all you got to do then is just change your wood game. You know, it just comes back to the same thing that, you know, I, I, I now look at a point going, well, what are guys doing who I'm going up against? Yeah. That's always in the back of my mind. It doesn't bother me what they're doing. This makes me more accountable going, well, if they're doing this, I need to be doing this. Mm. And it's being realistic, mm. you know? If that's where your goal is to place them inside for a certain event or a certain competition, yeah, you kind of know who's going and what they're doing. Um, even without social media, you get to know what guys are doing, but you can still use that to your advantage, not to be bothered by it, but everyone needs accountability every day. Nobody's got like, motivation every single day. Don't care what level you're at. Olympic lifters. Right. You imagine going, right, next week we're going to start for the Olympics, it's four years' time. Who the fuck's motivated for fucking four years straight? You know? That's the biggest, I reckon, strength feat in the world is going to the Olympics and There's training for it, knowing that you're going to go, and let's just say, I don't know, 100 metres for yeah. Right? You get one chance when you're there to try and qualify. 10, in the ten seconds. You just get four years for 10 seconds. Yeah, it's nuts, isn't it? You look at it this way as well. Like this recent, what's happened now? So it's the Olympics been put back a year. So you have got people coming towards the end of their career. Yeah. They've finally got to their first Olympics, and, and now they've been training for five, five years. You know, with things that is still in the fucking yeah, it's still up in the air, right? Mentally, that is. Are you still motivated to turn up and put in the necessary work to to Maybe compete? There's, on, on there's your little uh, introduction chat to people at competitions. You go look, put it in perspective. This is what a regular person's doing. Olympians aren't special people, they're regular people, right? They've just got a belief and they want to get better and to get to a level, right? So it's not discrediting them, it's not putting them on a pedestal or nothing. They are, every, every sportsman in this world is a regular person. Apart from the freaks you meet, and we have gently given freaks to the planet, right? Any all of yeah. Burberry shorts. Yeah, <laughs> you know, perfect example, right? You get I'll these guys that are just the girls just go, you know what? Fuck. They're just don't get free. They were designed to do that, right? Yeah. Well, let's just talk about 95% of the lifting population. They're all regular people, right? Even the, the Russians at some point, they're regular people. In Russia, they're regular, right? With inside the surroundings. So why can't you do something? So why can't you achieve that? But you've got to put the work in. You know, people are always saying the same thing all the time. You've got to put the work in. But there isn't any fucking secrets. That's what it is. Uh, you want to get better, learn how to get better. It's not just about lifting or about training at different events. So telling the average person that, you know, Olympian is just trained four years just to do one race of 10 seconds, then they basically got knocked out and that was it. Their career was over. But if you told them that four years, you get knocked out, will they still do it? I believe they would still go through it. Because their passion and drive 
for that particular sport activity is there, right? You can't give that to someone. You can't no. take it away from you. Hundred percent. So any form of professional lifting, strength sports, whatever it may be, all comes with inside. You can't teach that. No. So people need to be realistic about what you want from the sport. What do you want from working out? What do you want from training? Just be honest. And that's the problem. People aren't honest with themselves. Mm-hmm. They take offense then when you're asking these questions to them. It's like you're belittling or making, no, 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 I'm being, I want to know what you fucking want. Stop fucking about what are you prepared to do to get to this level. And how does your current lifestyle match up to those goals? Correct. And the moment someone goes, well, I can do this on this day, I go, bing, I switched off. Yeah. Because I know then, you know, the you're not in that position. I'm sorry, but you, you know, you've got to give credit to the people that are actually doing it. And those people, they'll commit everything. Yeah. You know? Always makes you laugh, you know, how, how some of these guys and girls go back to their families afterwards thinking, you did all that, and that, that would what I would pass a sacrifice that you had kids and they decided to get ready for a competition, you know, knowing that you had to put all that time and effort in. What do you try it before you had kids? You know, the, the time is, I guess, not always ideal, but is it possible or not? You know, you're, you're definitely a family man with mm-hmm. obviously younger kids. Is it a restriction or is it just more of a challenge? The balance. Challenge. It's not a restriction at all. Like right now, I'm here and they're swimming. So, logistics. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not missing anything. Yeah. They're at school during the day. They do homework when they, when they get home during the week. I get my Friday nights where I go and pick them up from school. Sundays is family day. And I use that as a recovery day. So, it's where, where there's a will, there's a way. 100%. It's management, isn't it? It is. Ownership. So, what if she's over the last two years then? Train like Miss Daisy. I'm a lazy <laughs> prick. I've never once blamed the kids. See, there we go, right? Never blamed the kids. Can you get these rice cakes open? Right? Yeah, help yourself. Out of the fucking three of us, you should have pack it. How many calories in that, Fatso? Fatso. Is that cool? I reckon there's more sodium than calories in those. I would have bought you a whole box just for you. Oh look, you, you're massive already. Oh you yeah. would have got the fucking brain. Fuck <laughs> <Not> me, Michael. <laughs> Does it matter? Oh, there's a jar of salsa up there. Those barbecue ones are nice. It's all going the same fucking place. Shut it and eat it, it's calories. What do I say? The old Bondi cigar. The old Bondi cigar. Hey, Bondi cigar and shit. Like then you know the sewage pipe that comes out of Bondi. Yeah. And so some like that's a cigar. Oh yeah, shit just floating in the ocean. Bondi cigar. Oh. I don't know, mate. I'm fucking oh, weird. Oh. Those pipes. This is a fucking tangent. Do you know what puts me off Manly Beach? Those fucking pipes. Man, the stormwater. What is that? Is that sewage? The stormwater. That fucking puts me off. I can't go. You know it's an ocean, right? I know. Right? If you're talking to keys, you're not going to fucking find them. I know. The chance of finding a turd right by your feet. When you go to Bondi, there's no fucking... Don't swim near the pipes then, for fuck's sake. You know what I'm saying, though. I get what you're saying. No, I don't. Oh, hang on, he needs some first. (laughs) (laughs) How long have we been going for? That's an hour and a half. That's all right, because Joey's going to edit it for us. Thanks, Joey. Cheers, Joey. Talk bollocks for an hour and a half. Cheers. All right. 
Thanks for bollocks forever. Four o'clock. Fucking hell, right. It's a bit emotional. Did we just have the same conversation we had last time? Just on repeat. We have these conversations pretty much weekly. But it's good to get on tape, isn't it? It is. But didn't we say the same things last time? Well, since we've all started eating, should we wrap it up there? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking muggle. That much is into the microphone. All right, guys. Thanks to Mike for joining us. Uh, thanks, Joey, for editing this long podcast. DNSstrength.com for all your apparel needs, and we'll catch you next week. Cheers, guys. The DNS Podcast. DNS Podcast.